Sometimes you see a friend who seems to have a great marriage on the surface, but underneath, something's eroding the foundation of their relationship. I remember uh, at our church, we were doing a small group working through a marriage book, and we're kind of halfway through it, and one of the couples separated and said, we're getting a divorce while we're going wow. through a marriage wow. book. And we had no idea. Hopefully it wasn't idea. one of our books. It was not one of okay, your books. <laughs> well, I'm John Fuller, joined in the studio by the couple in charge of our marriage team here, Greg and Aaron Smalley, and they've written some great books. Um, we're going to start off today uh, hearing a bit of a conversation with Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs. Jim Daly and I talked to them about their incredible testimony. They were married for 10 years to each other and then divorced for seven, and then they remarried each other, and they've been together for more than 20 years since then. Uh, It really is a story of God's redemption in a couple's lives. Here's part of their story. You know, Cheryl and I met, and it was interesting. Neither one of us were walking the walk. She grew up Catholic, and I grew up in uh, what I would consider a legalistic Baptist church, and but more of it was just the way I perceived it. And then when I got to college, I kind of made a left-hand turn and walked away from my faith. And so when we met each other, neither one of us were, you know, walking with the Lord. Now, yeah. did you meet in your mid-20s? or? Yeah, I was, I was a senior in college. Um, I grew up going to church all my life. Um, but I didn't understand about a walk with Jesus until later on. Uh, Jeff and I met. Uh, he swept me off my feet. I was actually uh, just about engaged to someone else, ah. and um, we started dating, and it was kind of a love at first sight type thing. Uh, we married about a year uh, after we started dating and moved to California. Uh, we moved to L.A., and we were just uh, kind of living the California lifestyle. Hmm. Uh, we were successful in our jobs. We were in our mid-20s and making a lot of money. We had an ocean view home. We had all the right stuff. Um, Cheryl, there's so many people um, that may profess uh, a Christian faith, but they don't live it. They're not close to the Lord in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds like you were kind of in that category. Mm -hmm. When you looked at the way your jobs were going, you were doing well, you lived on an oceanfront house. It sounds like the dream. You guys were living the dream. But what was going wrong? What was not happening in your relationship? Well, there wasn't really... um any intimacy or a depth of intimacy and conversation and um, just really getting to know each other's heart. In fact, Cheryl, you probably should speak to this because I thought everything was fine. (laughs) I thought everything was perfect. Yeah, Jeff thought the relationship, our marriage was perfect. Uh, For me, well, you know, going into marriage, um, you know, I I would have considered myself a Christian. Uh, I believed uh, that Jesus died on the cross. I wasn't really sure why he did that. Um, And so going into it, I mean, I prayed. Uh, I prayed a lot. And two years into the marriage, I started to feel empty. And I wasn't really sure why I felt empty, but and I really actually thought there was something wrong with me because... What did that emptiness feel like to you? Because I know there's many women that may say, that's how I feel. Yeah. Describe what that means. Yeah, I, I really, I was craving a connection with my husband. I didn't realize the hole in my heart. Uh, at that point, being a, a spiritual hole, I didn't, I didn't get that. But um, I, I needed to be closer to my husband. I felt like we were doing great in so many areas of life, but we didn't really connect. And uh, I didn't know how to go about that. I didn't really learn how to do that as a kid. And I'm the oldest of five. Uh, I was very responsible and, and all of that, but I wasn't really close to my dad. 
um, as far as emotionally close. And so I didn't really know how to pursue Jeff. And actually, I had Jeff on a pedestal. I idolized Mm -hmm. him. I thought that if I told him that I was, you know, not happy or that things didn't feel right to me, that he would leave me, ironically. And uh, so I just kept it all to myself. Mm -hmm. And I just really lived with this burden of emotional connection with him. Now, you said this was about two years into your marriage. Mm -hmm. Jeff, uh, what you expressed is so typical of men. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought everything was fine. I didn't know any different. Uh, what was going through your head? Were there any clues that you guys were in trouble? There were, For me, there were no clues at two years in. In fact, even at eight years in, I would have told you, I thought we had a perfect marriage. You know, both of us were doing great in our careers. We're making a lot of money. You know, we eventually had twin daughters. And uh, I was like, what more could you want? I've got a beautiful wife. We spend the weekends at the beach riding our bikes on the bike path. It's like life doesn't get much better than that, right? Well, that's what I thought. Hmm. What was the snapping point? What was the event that broke your relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, uh, you know, I really thought, just to back up for one second, I thought having kids was the answer. So we had, you know, gone through some uh, you know, infertility issues and ended up uh, getting pregnant with twins, which was awesome. And I really thought that was going to change everything. You thought that would fill that hole, I, I did. That I thought it was, you know, it's kind of the natural next step kind of thing. So once the girls came along for about a year, I was I was pretty good. I was pretty even and not really feeling, you know, void in a lot of areas with Jeff. And um, the girls were 16 months old. Uh, I had been I had a big sales job and I went to our national sales meeting, which I went to every year. And I started talking to a guy that I'd known for a long time. We had the same uh, position in the company and he was in Northern California and I was in Southern California. We started talking about our job to begin with. And then he started to share with me that he was having problems in his marriage. Mm. And I had kept all of my concerns about my marriage and my uh, hunger for more with my husband to myself. I hadn't shared it with another person, Mm. not a a girlfriend, my family or anything. And so for the first time, I started to open my heart up to a man um, that I was having you know, questions about my marriage that I I didn't know if I was married to the right guy. I didn't know if I was in love with my husband anymore. And that was uh, luckily the last evening of the sales conference that we were at. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened physically, uh, but what I felt there was a bond and a connection that, frankly, at that point in time, I felt like I had never experienced in my life. And so uh, the next morning, uh, he said something to me about having breakfast in the morning. And I said, no, I can't do that. I knew I, like I said, I was, I'm the oldest of five kids. I grew up very responsible and never, you know, gave my parents any trouble. So the bells were going off for you, Oh, for sure. You knew this was dangerous. I knew it was dangerous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I always wanted to do things right. And so it just wasn't who I was. And the next morning, uh, the temptation was too strong for me. I had breakfast with this man, and you know, I think back about that now, and I think, gosh, what were the other salespeople thinking? I mean, there were 150 other people there as well. We both got on our respective flights to go back to our cities. I got off the plane in Los Angeles. The girls were with Jeff at the airport. That was when you could walk up the tarmac, and right. everyone was standing there. Right. And I got off, and I saw the girls, and just hugged them and was I was so excited to see him because I'd been gone for a week and I looked at Jeff and I uh, he hugged me and I had my head on his shoulder and I realized 
I hadn't missed him at all. And then I, all I could think about at that point was this connection with this man. Mm. And that was on a Friday. And what's interesting about that time frame back then, it was in 1990, we didn't have texting, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have email or anything like that. So this was a Friday and I wasn't going to the office till Monday. So basically for me, it was waiting over the weekend to be able to talk to this guy from the office. So you're anticipating that. Aaron, what a sobering story from Cheryl. Uh, It is so important to find someone who is safe to talk with when we have struggles in our marriage. What are guidelines that you offer as a counselor for who and who not to talk with if I'm struggling in my marriage? Well, I will say, John, who never to talk to is the opposite sex because it sets up a dynamic of, you know, I go to someone who's my friend who is the opposite sex and start complaining about my marriage or saying, you know, gosh, this is we're really in a hard season. And it can set up some dynamics that just aren't safe. You're, you know, you're really wanting to protect your marriage. And that is entering into some into a danger zone, yeah. a sensitive area that maybe you don't want to go. Well, especially because well, that other person, sorry, might respond with empathy. Totally. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, you're long, if, if you're in a, a marriage where you're going through a real challenging season, you're, your heart's longing mm-hmm. for validation and empathy and care and feeling comforted. And if you do share that with someone of the opposite sex and start to receive that, you're just naturally just drawn to that person. You're right. That's a danger zone. And so if that's who not to talk to, who do we talk to? You know, you're looking for same-sex safe friends, friends that can hold your uh, tender stuff very carefully, and also that they don't take up an offense against your spouse. When you share, I'm hurting, and this is what's going on, that they can still love both of you, mm-hmm. and that they kind of pick you up and they send you back home. They have to be pro-marriage, Correct. not taking sides to say, well, I can see Aaron while you're struggling because it's all him. I mean, Yeah, right? and all we need to do is we just need to go out for a yeah. night, you know, and let loose and on a... And that's sadly, that's often the advice that as Christians, we give each other. Mm. And so it's just looking for that safe friend as well as, you know, maybe it's a pastor or a mentor, an older individual, or maybe even a a counselor. And if you don't know how to find a counselor, if you don't know who to speak with at all, uh, please know we're a phone call away. We're safe. We, We have trained, caring Christian counselors, and it'd be a privilege for us to have an initial conversation with you. We'll take your number, give you a call back at a time that works. And uh, our phone number is 800-A-FAMILY, 800, the letter A in the word family. And uh, that's made possible because donors support the ministry and allow us to have these wonderful Christian counselors on staff. Now, it might be that um, you just are in need of a little inspiration in your marriage. You're not you're not in a spot of real struggle, but you wouldn't mind some tune-up points. I think you'll be inspired by the the story that Jeff and Cheryl have shared here. It's captured in their book, I Do Again, and we're making that available for a donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Help us keep marriages strong and have counselors there and offer resources to couples literally around the world. All the details to donate, get that book, and reach out to a counselor are in the show notes. We'll hear more from Jeff and Cheryl next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.